We are here with another crossover Thursday edition of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Browns. Kevin Oshaker of Locked On Ravens here with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. Stat Hero is the first of his daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. And we are here, Crossover Thursday. Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns. Kevin Oshaker, Locked On Ravens. And Jeff, I feel like we've talked pretty recently before you know it seems just yesterday we had our thanksgiving crossover the ravens and browns matching up in week 12 here we are week 14 and the two teams going at it again how you doing uh doing well and you get to this uh you know for lockdown browns listeners this is the um next crossover you've gotten since uh the last time we talked with kevin as the browns obviously coming off the bye week uh ravens uh with a tough loss sunday in pittsburgh um and Cincinnati Bengals losing at home to the Chargers, giving the Browns yet another opportunity here at all this. Um, you know, Ravens fans, I think the first thing I came up with way with Sunday was, yeah, go for two. Because, um, you know, it was a tough spot to be in with the injuries. But also it was a, hey, even with the injuries, we got a chance here to maybe create a lot of breathing room for ourselves while we overcome the injury. So I certainly understand, you know, why John Harbaugh went the route he did. Um, but look, it's Browns, it's Ravens, and look, Kevin, me, you. I mean, I, I think if anything, if we could agree on one thing, can we get a little bit better than what we had a couple of weeks ago on Sunday night? Um, and if anything, if it's going to be the same game, at least it's at one o'clock, and nobody's going to be up working well past one o'clock in the morning trying to cover it. Yeah, I know. S- sloppy is a kind way to put that game on a couple Sunday nights ago. And now the Ravens traveling to Cleveland where, you know, Ravens fans love to relive the Lamar Jackson coming out of the tunnel memories and whatnot. But these are two different teams now, two teams that have been pretty ravaged by injuries, all things considered the Ravens going through it seemingly just every single week a new guy goes down. But Jeff, I wanted to kind of get the mood in Cleveland right now, just how people are feeling about this Browns team, because what happened in week 13 while the Browns were resting and getting a little bit healthier was the AFC North. You know, you have Pittsburgh beating Baltimore. You have Cincinnati losing to the Chargers. I feel like that's kind of the best case scenario the Browns could have wanted in that week. So is the mood in Cleveland this week more so, hey, this is our final chance to kind of make up some of the ground we lost early in the season? Or is there a bit more pessimism than that? I think the, you know, the bye week always brings, you know, life and rejuvenation within a facility. And there's no question it did that. But then you get the results of Sunday. Um, And it's certainly, you know, it's all right. Wow. You know, and, you know, it it doesn't really change things. Browns have to win. I mean, they literally have to win four or five for any of this to even be a discussion. Um, But you feel maybe a little bit better about a second matchup here with the Ravens, the second matchup with the Steelers, the second matchup. Uh, you know, with the Bengals, you know, the Raiders, I think everybody feels maybe the Raiders is just a team that's just kind of maybe floating off with all that they've been through this year. But none of it matters. You have to win. Does it certainly give you maybe, you know, a spot here? Now, maybe where you're playing for two things. Um, if the Ravens had won Sunday and it was, you know, the, it had gotten to the point where there was that much distance between them and Cleveland, it was, you know, hoping and praying for a wild card. Now, both scenarios are still open, and that's all you can ask for at six and six. All you can ask for when you underachieve to this point. Um, but things have to get better. There's just no question about it for Cleveland. Things have to get clean, be cleaner. And I've said this in the last couple episodes here, and some other things I've done is it's crazy to think that we're talking about the Cleveland Browns where they are right now after last year. Where, hey, if the offense could at least keep up with the defense, things would be really good. It seems really weird to say that, but that's where this franchise is currently at. 
Yeah, and the Ravens are going through the exact same thing. Where with a Lamar Jackson, that offense, you're expecting them, hey, they can put up 30, 40 points every week. And here they are over the past month. They've struggled. You know, they've only put up anywhere, like, you know, 14 points, 20 points, 16 points. So their offense is definitely the weaker link of this team right now, which not a lot of people expected this far into the 2021 season. But, Jeff, you mentioned the bye week and how it can bring some life. And there's this whole scheduling thing, right, where the Cleveland Browns had their bye in between games of Baltimore. And the Ravens had Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. And I know before the year, that was kind of taken as a huge advantage for Cleveland. Do you still feel that way? Because, you know, to me, the schedule does what the schedule does. You know, there are no excuses. And, you know, the fact that the Browns had it, sure, like that's their advantage. But how big of an advantage is that in your mind for this Cleveland Browns team? If you'd asked me two weeks ago, maybe I would have told you it wasn't the greatest thing in the world. Um, but we told our listeners the entire, you know, offseason and build up here. Most likely this season was going to come down to these two games over a three-week period against the Baltimore Ravens. We were pretty certain, um, you know, and I think everybody to a man figured who was going to win the AFC North. Probably a lot of people, more than most, said the Baltimore Ravens. If the second highest one was probably the Cleveland Browns. It has not gone as well for Cleveland. But now here you are basically with this redemption opportunity here this week, and it probably favors certainly Cleveland, that this game is now going to be faced in Cleveland. And again, it's going to be similar weather to what it was two weeks ago in Baltimore. You know, normal early December, you know, late November weather, uh, precipitation, not much of a factor. So all of that, you know, that type of thing, you just kind of play on an evil, you know, level playing field. Um, one more player down, certainly for the Ravens. And this player probably made a big, big difference in the first game. Um, now, you talked about the Donovan Peoples-Jones drop early in the game. They tried to go right back with a deep shot. Marlon Humphrey, he's just a different type of cornerback. And, you know, there's times where he certainly gets away with his physicality deeper, but he's earned the reputation, and he deserves it. And he bottled up a younger player. Um, and this is a player of huge, huge significance right now for Cleveland because they cannot get vertical in any way whatsoever. One other way they can maybe get vertical is with a player like David Njoku. We'll see how it works out with David Njoku. Obviously now on the COVID list, um, Coach Stefanski, it seemed like he sounded a little bit more positive today in, than he has in weeks past about certain players and you know their COVID testing. But again, we have no way of knowing this. This is an ankle. This isn't a thigh. This is a thing where you can just say it's late December. I mean, or it's late in the season. He's going to suck it up and go. It doesn't work that way with COVID. Donovan Peoples-Jones has to be the guy this week. Yeah, he can maybe bring Rashard Higgins into it, into the fold, who's had some good games in the past in this rivalry with the Baltimore Ravens. Certainly didn't dress two weeks ago in Baltimore on Sunday night. I don't think they're going to have a choice. They're going to have to play him this week. But it's going to come down to Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, you are the young guy. You are bigger. You are athletic. And you are the one thing that can maybe help this offense do what they so desperately need to do to keep the Ravens defense away from trying to shut down, and which we already saw, take away your running attack. Yeah, and speaking of that running attack, I did want to get to that with you, Jeff, because holding the Cleveland Browns to 2.4 yards per carry like the Ravens did a couple weeks ago is something that is so rare with all the talent they have especially without a guy like Calais Campbell, who has arguably been their best run defender. Now Brandon Williams stepped up, a couple other young guys. But Cleveland has to be kind of chomping at the bit here to get back at this Ravens defense and say, look, that's not what you're going to get this time around. How is Cleveland going to approach this game, do you think, Jeff, on the ground to kind of not have that performance this time? I don't know if they're going to have much of a choice um, because right now you look at it at the tight end position. You know, Normally they play three and they play a ton. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant, high ankle sprain. He's already been ruled out for this game. David Njoku, we are not going to know 
If today is Wednesday we're recording, Kevin, the earliest would be Friday. Latest would be Saturday. It's not like they have five functioning tight ends, six functioning tight ends around on the roster. Uh, they're going to have to play wide receivers, whether they want to or not. So this means Jarvis Landry, who had an excellent game that Sunday night and didn't practice today, but I think we're to the point now where Jarvis Landry is at a point in his career where he's kind of got that benefit of the doubt from an organization of just do what you got to do and we'll see you on Sunday. We understand that you'll get yourself there. And so that we're okay with that. Donovan Peoples-Jones needs to step up. Rashard Higgins needs to have some sort of role. Rookie Anthony Schwartz has been in the concussion protocol almost a month now. So, I mean, people are, oh, can he come back? Even if he gets cleared, how does he dress? We're talking about a rookie who hasn't played in a month. Um, you know, so I don't see how he's a part of this. You need to be cleaner and more concise in the passing game. You need a higher completion percentage. You need to at least give the threat to this Ravens defense that we will complete passes. We may not even get vertical, but we'll complete passes. So you're going to have to respect that, and you're going to have to lay out the line of scrimmage. Nick Chubb did a great job against the Ravens that last game. But two-yard runs, just because you beat a guy in the backfield and then got yourself and launched over the line of scrimmage for two yards, it's not going to cut it. They have to be able to throw the ball in some capacity. And I know it's been difficult with the wide receiver position this year. There is no question around it. But they have no other choice. Um, even if David Njoku comes back, you're still short at the tight end position. There's been a lot of talk about, are you going to play Kareem Hunt and maybe Nick Chubb together a little bit? It's a great idea. And I totally get the, you know, when your chips are down, make sure at least you're going down with your five best skill players on the offensive side of the ball. But what if you do it on first and second down? It doesn't work. Now you're Dearness Johnson in the backfield and wide receivers that you have to rely on. That's never really been that good this year. So it's a really, really tough spot to be in. They're going to have to find some way to make sure that this Ravens defense at least have to exp- you know, respect the threat of a pass. But if you're Baltimore right now, I don't see any reason why you're not saying, hey, guys, you know the game plan. Right. And, you know, speaking of defense, I didn't want to get quickly into the Cleveland defense here, Jeff, because yeah, this was a team that held the Ravens to, you know, a, a pretty low point total overall, just 16, 3.9 yards per play. And they did it while getting pressure on Lamar Jackson, making him uncomfortable are you expecting another high blitz scheme by this defense to kind of figure out, hey, look, the Ravens are going to be down another offensive lineman this week, most likely. We want to get pressure on Lamar Jackson. Is that where you think Cleveland's head is at with this defense? Well, I, this game was – that first game was very similar on both sides. I think both defenses drew a line in the sand and said, you know what, until you do something to beat us. And, look, Lamar hit the – you know, basically the pseudo Hail Mary to Andrews where it was going to be a pass interference either way. The other pseudo Hail Mary with Mark Andrews – I mean, if, if you're going to cover anybody in that scenario, make sure you're covering Mark Andrews. Like, that's the one guy you do not leave in that scenario. And Denzel Ward, to his credit, manned up and said, look, that one was on me. And, you know, I think he just figured, you know, look, it's been seven seconds. We have two former number one overall picks. Eventually, they're going to get to the guy. So maybe I'll start creeping because maybe he, there's a better chance he's going to run that he's going to throw in this situation. Um, but, you know. No one's going to change. I mean, Joe Woods, I mean, what are you going to do? All right, maybe I'm going to draw up another blitz or two. Um, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, the one thing is maybe he'll be even a little bit more healthy than he was in that game. Obviously, he looked fantastic in that game. There's an outside chance the Browns get Jacob Phillips for this game. He's started to return to practice. Uh, I don't know if there was a plan on him playing Sunday or maybe just starting to get his legs under him for those final four games. But if you do, that's adding another Fast piece, and for Jacob Phillips, it was a bicep. So he will have the freshest legs on the field if he is able to go. 
So that's kind of where they're at. But I don't see any reason this Browns defense looks at this any differently. They The Browns defense is trending unlike a lot of teams this time of year. Their health on the defensive side of the ball is crazily trending upward, you know, while everybody else. And this is, you know, one thing, a, a bye this week, it's tough because, you know, maybe you struggle to get to it a couple of weeks before it. But when you do reach it, now you're coming back and, you know, getting two weeks off, coming back here in December, that can prove vital. And, yeah, the Browns defense is young, but, I mean, rest is rest, and a significant amount of it certainly should be able to aid you. Yeah, no, absolutely. The buys are so advantageous in this league. And so Cleveland coming off of that and just having a bunch of guys coming back could be huge for them. But yeah, I wouldn't approach it any differently if I'm the Browns. This was a six-point game. You know, either team could have won it. And the Ravens coming out on top with a couple big plays. You know, we'll see what ends up happening in this one. I think it will be a really good game. But we'll head into our first break. When we return, we'll be diving into some Ravens questions Jeff will be asking me. So stay tuned for that. And we'll be right back. We appreciate everybody who takes time out of their day to make Lockdown Ravens and, of course, Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. We'll flip the script here in a second. We'll put Kevin under the microscope and his Ravens, um, and we'll see if maybe if, uh, you know, there's a little uh, pulling on the collar, maybe a little sweat going down the brow for the Baltimore Ravens. No one plays fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition. Because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it is you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup, winner take all. And here's the crazy part Stat Hero shows you the lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one on one. This never before seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players click, uh, clocking odds that are four times better than the norm. Why? because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknown. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head-to-head, is what daily fantasy sports should be. One-on-one. This week gets really interesting. If you're going to look at this here, keep in mind, there is a week 14 bye week. So some teams off the clock here. So many injuries, skill players, probably some advantageous situations. If you guys are looking to get into it, jump into it. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code all caps, no space, locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Again, promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code again. Locked on terms and conditions apply. As we continue here on your crossover Thursday, uh, for you locked on Browns fans, yes, it's it's not a rerun. It's there was obviously we had our time in between. Uh, for you Ravens fans, uh, I'm sure Kevin's been you know keeping you guys in touch with everything here. Um, as you know, the Ravens obviously a tough stretch. Browns, Steelers, now Browns again. This is the first thing I think I want to get to here, Kevin. And before we talk about, obviously, you know, their loss on the defensive side of the ball here. Um, But Lamar Jackson and Kevin, when a quarterback struggles in Cleveland, he is removed from society. You look at every avenue there is down to, you know, a guy who may be a senior in high school or the third stringer on a team that maybe has three wins. Lamar Jackson, 
it's been a tough road. And we had talked about this, you know, before we got into regular season action, where you thought maybe that you finally had the appropriate amount of weapons around Lamar Jackson. Granted, the running backs, anybody kids open the ball um, Sunday afternoon was not supposed to be a part of this. But where is this all at with you know Lamar? And it's it's tough when you see this because you know as as much as I hate to see them put as many guys in the box against Baker Mayfield saying we don't think he can do it, it's happening to Lamar Jackson too. Where is it at here? Because it's been really tough. And the one thing I think I'm not I, I'm really surprised with the Ravens is is the offense. That's the part that's really confusing to me because I, I had a lot of faith in it, and it's always seen that Lamar Jackson's legs could kind of trump everything else. Yeah, you know, you make a good point there, Jeff. In the Lamar Jackson era, you're not really accustomed to thinking, hey, this offense can't put up 30 points or even maybe a 40 bomb here or there. But what you have now is an offense that has just been absolutely brutalized with injuries. You know, the running backs, the offensive line, some of the tight ends as well. And it's kind of affecting the way their offense runs. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson has been making some very poor decisions. He's been holding the football for too long. And part of that has to do with the fact that there's a defender literally in his face every 0.5 seconds after the snap where he's having to run backwards like we saw multiple times in Cleveland. And look, sometimes Lamar Jackson, you know, we know the player he is. He's such a magical player, can make things happen with his legs, with his arm, whatever you want to talk about. But there are those other times where he tries to do a bit too much. So when there's a clear path to, you know, there are three guys in his face, throw the football away. He's trying to shake and bake and, you know, try to get to the first down marker. It ends up in a sack. And so against Pittsburgh, the Steelers sacked Lamar Jackson seven times. And most of it had to do with the fact that Jackson is his almost refusal to throw the ball away. So in those situations, there just has to be better decision-making. And look, I understand when teams are blitzing, which has been a huge part of this struggle, the, the clock speeds up. You're not in there for four or five seconds trying to read the field and go, hey, you're not open. Let me go over here. Let me go over here. No, it's, you know, there's a hot read. If you don't hit the hot read, you're, you're in trouble. So we saw on, on the first drive, the Ravens get down into the red zone. It's third down. The Ravens, is you're like, hey, you know, they'll, they'll leave here with points. They have Justin Tucker. It's a third down. Lamar Jackson gets pressure. And instead of throwing the ball away, he just throws a lollipop into the end zone that's intercepted. The Ravens don't get any points. And it ended up being the difference in the game because the Steelers win by one and they don't get that field goal. So obviously things change, but, you know, from a numbers perspective. So this has been part execution. It's also been part play calling and just preparedness by this coaching staff. Greg Roman's been, I mean, the, the scapegoat for a while now for a lot of fans. And it just seems like he said after the Miami game that they lost, they're like, hey, you know, we have the answers. You're going to see them. And I'm like, awesome, let's see them. And we haven't seen any. So it's like, great. You can say you have everything, but if you don't show it, it's a different type of game because now you have teams that don't blitz at all, blitzing the Ravens on 45% of their snaps. So teams know what to do. Teams know the game plan. And now it's up to the Ravens to stop it, work in the short passing game, work in guys like Rashad Bateman. You don't have to target them 10 times a game, but over the past two weeks, he's had just five targets after having 24 over those past three games before those two weeks. So they have the weapons, they have the talent. They just need to execute better. And the play calling also has to get a bit improved also. It's almost kind of like, you know, a lot of teams have basically taken like a Bill Belichick approach of, you know, we know how fast Lamar Jackson plays. So what are we going to do? We're going to try to play as fast as him, if not faster. And let's see if he can handle it. You brought up Greg Roman. Kevin, a lot would have to change here. But do you think maybe 
that relationship as far as he with Lamar Jackson. And we can make these excuses, and we've done it every year. Like, what type of receivers does he need? And is it maybe time where maybe some more – there has to be a different adaptation of this offense – and maybe this relationship has possibly gone as far as it can go. Yeah, Jeff, you, you make you made another great point here because part of the conversation surrounding Greg Roman right now is the fact of not is Greg Roman a bad offensive coordinator? Because I don't think he is. I think he's a great offensive mind, has orchestrated some of the best run games in team history in NFL history. But historically, you know, you look at San Francisco, you look at Buffalo, the pass offenses haven't really been there. You have history of him working with Colin Kaepernick and Tyrod Taylor and now Lamar Jackson, where they will have one phenomenal season. So, you know, Lamar Jackson in 2019 is MVP year, but then the next year the offense falls off of a cliff. And we saw that a bit in 2020 with some statistical regression and look MVPs. It's sometimes just a given they'll regress statistically because if they keep progressing, they're going to throw a hundred touchdowns by the time they're 25. But <laughs> I, I think at this point, the question is, has Lamar Jackson outgrown Greg Roman? Have the Ravens outgrown his philosophies? Because we know what the run game can do. The pass game has improved, but now we've seen this stretch where all of a sudden they can't defend against the blitz. The injuries have been a key part of that. Don't get me wrong. You know, you'd much rather have J.K. Dobbins against Edwards and Ronnie Stanley and whoever else out there. But at this point, we've seen bad game management, bad game play calling in just situations where it's a second and 17. You're running a draw up the middle with Le'Veon Bell and it gets one yard. And you're like, well, what was the point of that? Now it's third and 16 and you're going to have to punt probably. So it's just been those types of things that have gotten the fan base a little bit riled up and have said, you know what? I think it might just be time to move on here because it's not that he's just this terrible offensive coordinator, but the, the philosophies, the play calling and everything, Lamar Jackson has just might've outgrown that. But another key point I do want to make quickly is the fact that in the Joe Flacco era, there were so many different offensive coordinators in his tenure. You know, I could list off Jim Caldwell, Cam Cameron, Mark Tressman, Gary Kubiak, Marty Morningway, you know, so many different guys. It seemed like every single season there was a new guy coming in. Now that really wasn't the case, but it, it literally almost was. So Lamar Jackson in 2018 had Marty Morningway, 2019 had Greg Roman. I don't think they want to take that same path with Lamar Jackson where every year it's getting used to a new play caller, getting used to a new offense. So I think there's some form of, hey, we want to stick with continuity here. Well, look, if it's not working, it's not working and you got to make a change and that change isn't going to be moving off of the former league MVP. Uh, no, I think uh, number eight would be safe. But the other thing would be is, you know, and, and I think you put it great where did maybe Lamar Jackson outgrow him. That If that's the statement right there, that's where you make the change because somebody else comes in and says, look, I'm here for at least a year. So here's what we're going to do. You know, here's some things I really love about you, Lamar, that you've never been asked to do. So let's, you know, try to overall. And the first thing you would say is let's work on throwing the ball better because, you know, it's a, it's a tick, 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 tick of you running like this. And it's a fingers crossed scenario, but you're good enough to do and win in other ways. So if we can do that, let's try and do that. And let's work on that. Um, the defensive side of the ball and, you know, for me, it's always hard to say, and this isn't a knock on any cornerback that's ever played, but when you say, you know, oh, that cornerback, he's the best player on that defense. For me, it's just hard to say that because, you know, if I'm an offense and that's the best guy, I'll go 10 on 10. So, you know, I'll take my chances going 10 on 10 somewhere else. But I think the biggest thing with the loss of Marlon Humphrey was, is Marcus Peters ain't here. So, and, you know, for the Browns, this has been one situation they've been lucky to have this year. Denzel missed a little time, but you still had Newsom and Greedy Williams. 
Newsom missed a game or two, but you had Greedy Williams and you had Denzel Ward. And then, you know, you even lost Greedy Williams, but you had Newsom and Denzel Ward. Kev, it's getting really, really close here. And I'll be honest with you. Um, and I remember doing a show with Travis Winfield a couple of years ago, and this was you – know, and, and reading the roster, who the hell are these guys? But, Kevin, we're kind of at the point of who in the world are these guys playing cornerback for the Baltimore Ravens right now? Yeah, so they're now going to have to allow Anthony Averett to step up as their number one. We know him. Browns fans, yep. we should know him. <laughs> yep, pretty pretty solid this year. Has had, he had a rough game against Pittsburgh. A rough but game now also here's the Netflix. thing, and this is what we try to say to Browns fans. Oh, well, you know, why can't – you know? Oh, well, you want people to step step up two, three, four rungs in the pecking order of a positional room they were in. Look, just to ask them to be good enough is enough. But you guys want them to replace guys who were supposed to be stars. It doesn't work that way. No, and at this point, you're you're not getting anybody in free agency who's better than what you have. The trade deadline's passed, so you're working with what you're working with. And that's why expectations do have to be tempered because a player like Marlon Humphrey does so much for this Ravens defense. I mean, he can play all over the field, is very physical, can play the run well. I mean, he, he, he's he, a tone setter. He, he is does, literally he a tone. He gets in people's <laughs> ears. He changes the way people play the game. And I go back to that fir- the, the first meeting in 2019 where he and Odell got into it. And he just basically gave him a look like, look, you know, I don't care who you are. You are not going to do this to me. And, you know, sometimes your mouth can be better than your game at a cornerback position, and plenty of guys have gotten away with it. Marlon Humphrey's the rare where he can talk you out of your game but also play you out of your game. Oh, yeah. Whenever the Ravens release, like, a mic'd up and it's Marlon Humphrey, he's just screaming, like, every – like, he, you know, he gets he gets people pumped up. He's the energy ball of this defense. So now they have Averett, Jimmy Smith, who has had injury concerns of his own over the course of his career, Tavon Young, who before this year had three season-ending injuries in five years. So yes. it's just injuries after injuries. And those guys are healthy right now, but Jimmy Smith is just coming off of something. Tavon Young's been on the injury report recently. So it seems like every year, Jeff, this Ravens team – the cornerback position is like their deepest position. They have so much depth, and then every season by the end of it, they are reduced to almost nothing due to injuries. So this is just an, another year at the cornerback position for the Ravens, but it's unfortunate because you're right, no Humphrey, no Peters. You're missing two all-pro players. You're missing Deshaun Elliott, who's a starting safety for your team. The past defense hasn't been good to begin with, and now you're losing all these playmakers. So they're going to have to step up. Can they do it? I mean, this team has – Obviously, you know, Jarvis Landry and Donovan Peoples-Jones and whoever's able to play for that Browns team coming up. Devontae Adams coming up with Green Bay. Cooper Cup and Odo Beckham coming up with the Rams. You have another bout with the Steelers, another bout with the Bengals who torched you. So this is going to be a big stretch for this Ravens secondary, and they'll be asked to step up. But as we talked about, Jeff, you're, you're asking guys to step up two, in, two or three spots on the depth chart, and sometimes that doesn't work out the way you want it to because they're just not the same players. Well, crazy enough that you just said this, that uh, you know the Browns obviously moved on from Odo Beckham Jr., so he didn't part of any of these two matchups, but somehow the Ravens are still going to have to see him. And you bring up Tavon Young. I was at, just a fun story real quick. I was at Temple Pro Day years ago. Tavon Young, Robbie Anderson were your headliners. Matt Rule, head coach of Temple at the time. Fantastic guy, great individual. And we're looking over, and I said, Coach, I said, what's Robbie Anderson doing over there? It looks like he's taking DB drills with the Carolina Panthers staff at the time. Robbie Anderson, now was a wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Coach Rule, I don't know, bunch of idiots. So Matt Rule, who's now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, talking about former Carolina Panthers staffers working Robbie Anderson out as a defensive back. It is a crazy, crazy world that some of you guys don't understand sometimes. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to get to Kevin and I's thoughts here. I got news for you. Anybody, it's not just Ravens. It's not just Browns. It's AFC North. 
I have a gut feeling this is going to be a very wonky December. And I think none of us will say with confidence that we think our team is going to win the AFC North. If we were all together, we're all going to tell you everybody how we think we're our team's going to win the AFC North. But I think we're all kind of sitting here with the finger and, and you know, chewing down to the, you know, the skin, the cuticles. Um, but it's going to be a hell of a December. And it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the fact that it is a 17-game regular season for the first time could, choose, could prove to be monumental. But we're going to close it out here in just a little bit with your third segment. Kevin's going to hit some ads here. But, again, I appreciate everybody, A, for being along for the ride, B, for being you know uh, the first listen for Locked on Ravens, Locked on Browns every day. It means a ton. It really does. And you know, we appreciate everybody for you know appreciating what we do every day for all of you. Super Bowl 56 is so far. It's less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star hotels, and food by the great Wolf Gang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash Super Bowl 56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash Super Bowl 56 or search Super Bowl on location. Bet online as you covered all season with more props, odds, and lies than ever before as football season continues to march into the playoffs. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas season games. So wait, take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We are back here. Our final segment of this crossover, the second edition of Crossover Thursday between Locked On Ravens and Locked On Browns. Kevin Oshaker of Locked On Ravens here still with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. And Jeff, this game here I think is very important for both sides. Obviously, it's a divisional matchup. The Ravens come into this game one and two in the division. So I think this is very urgent for them to get their division record up at this point. But obviously a key for any NFL team this late in the year is injuries and just how they've been able to really go through it. And I think at this point, for me, the Ravens are the most injured team in the NFL, but the Browns have been going through it a bit on their own. And they've had a couple of injuries that they have had to maneuver through. How is it looking for them entering this week? Obviously the bye helps, but they're obviously Jack Conklin's not walking through that door anymore. Unfortunately, that'll be a big blow to their offensive line. But are there any guys you mentioned, you know, Jacob Phillips and whatnot, but who could be coming back for this game that the Ravens didn't see in week 12? And who are some of the guys who were banged up, but could maybe play, maybe not? You're muted. You're muted. It's not a ton of players who didn't necessarily play um, the previous week. Um, it's where, you know, some guys are at, you know, Jarvis Landry, as I mentioned, you know, they're just nursing him through, but, you know, didn't see any issues, you know, against Baltimore. So, and obviously Jarvis Landry probably gonna have a big workload this week. Um, you mentioned Jack Conklin being out and this is one that seems, and I don't know if the David Njoku news and for anybody, you know, Ravens wise, who does not know David Njoku is currently in the COVID protocol. So you're not going to see his name on an injury report. Um, as Kevin and I are doing this, this is late Wednesday evening. Um, we won't know any more at the earliest till Friday, um, you know, unless maybe something happened today. David Njoku says he's feeling fine. We don't know if he's vaccinated or not. Look, we're not doctors. We don't stay at Holiday Inn Expresses. We're just doing the best we can with the information we're given. So that's where that's at. Um, but you mentioned Jack Conklin, obviously, after the season. It seems pretty steadfast that James Hudson is going to take over for Blake Hans at the right tackle position. 
Um, it seems like he's played really well and performed really well recently in practice. Um, the Browns did spend a fourth round selection on him. Um, they feel highly about him. We'll see how that works out. As everybody knows who watched that Sunday night game, Blake Hans did not play well. Um, he run blocks well. He is not much. And again, he is not a right tackle by trait, nor is James Hudson. So this is you know a, a tough situation they have there. Um, other things, I mean, I'm not really too concerned about so many other things. Harrison Bryan is going to be out. We knew this, you know, after that, when he walked off the field, you know what a high ankle sprain looks like, everybody. But the Browns are getting healthy. Jacob Phillips will see. And this could be huge because it just adds more speed to an already fast defense. And, you know, as I said earlier, Jacob Phillips, if he's able to go, he's the fastest player, you know, coming into this game. I don't want to say fastest, but freshest legs coming into this game. So that could prove to be something. He did this similar last year down the stretch for the Browns in the regular season where he came back, was fresh, ready to rock. Uh, so, you know, the Browns, you know, the Browns' biggest injuries are ones that aren't questions right now. They're gone. They're not coming back. Obviously, Jack Conklin. Uh, we'll see the way that the Joku thing plays out. You know, fingers crossed in that scenario. If you're, if you're Browns fans, I get it. Um, having to go more wide receiver may not be the worst thing in the world to basically try to say you have no choice but to make this happen as opposed to saying, oh, we'll just work around it, which is kind of what the Browns have been doing this entire season. So that's where the Browns are at currently health-wise going into Thursday's practice. Kevin, but looking at it, it's not as bad as it was two weeks ago where I had to do one of these to get through the Ravens injury report. It seems to be at least getting a little bit better, but certainly the key, number 44, and it's a tough blow, great player. Uh, you know, guy probably would have went to a Pro Bowl. Certainly, a guy would have you know finished up the regular season strong. Um, and it certainly hurts where you're 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 not just down to like things get lost in the shuffle sometimes. Oh, we're down two corners. You're not down two corners. You're down Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. You're not down two corners. You're down probably two of the top three or four players on that defense. Oh yeah, and you know Jeff, this Ravens team, it's been uh, you know. In numbers, in talent, the Ravens are at the top of the league. You know, Tennessee might have more at this point, but for them, you know, A.J. Brown is probably walking through through that door again. Derrick Henry is walking through that door again. For the Ravens, they're not getting J.K. Dobbins back or Gus Edwards or Stan Lee or anybody, right? At this point, they're not really getting anybody back. They're just losing guys for the year. So, yeah, the injury report on Wednesday, it's better that it was about 13 guys than the 17 usually that it has been over the past couple of weeks. And you're right, you know, no scrolling this time. The Ravens actually changed the way their injury reports look in the graphic. And, you know, whether that's just a decision, they made it so that each day is now on the sheet instead of doing it by day. So whatever that is, it is. But, yeah, Humphrey's a huge loss. They also lost Patrick McCary for seemingly a couple weeks with – a hand injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. I would not anticipate him playing. And that's a big loss as well because they don't really have a ton of tackle depth right now. It's been an issue for them over the past couple of seasons. So they're working with Tyree Phillips at right tackle, who is not a tackle. He's more of a guard and played tackle in college. Just the foot speed isn't really there. Gets beat one-on-one pretty easily. And you would rather have someone else in that situation, but you just, there's no one. So it has to be him. And that's rough because especially going up against Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and all those talented Browns front seven players, you, you want a guy who's not going to get beat and kind of be a turnstile in some situations. Other than that, though, there aren't a ton of guys that are making injury news right now. You know, that's probably some of the best news Ravens fans could have hoped for. Their corners have been kind of banged up. Anthony Avery didn't practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. You also have Chris Westry, who has been out. He's practicing full with a thigh injury, so that's good for them. But they've been they've been dealing with just these you know little bruises, scratches, little cuts that you know 
will cause them to miss a day or two of practice, but then they'll be able to play. So really the only guy who's in real danger and honestly probably will miss this game, who's not already on injured reserve, is most likely Passion McCarry. And that's, I mean, that's a pretty big loss for them. But Jeff, this game is going to be a good one. I feel like it's going to be very physical. The Browns are going to want revenge for the Week 12 game. The Ravens are going to want to come out strong after a tough loss in Week 13 to Pittsburgh. How do you see this one going? Is this a game where the Browns can split with this Baltimore team in 2021, or do you think Baltimore comes out on top? I think this bye week is crucial here. Uh, and for Baltimore, you know, not having the week off and losing in the fashion they did, which, again, I will agree with 10 times, you know, out of 10. But the Browns are coming in fresh. And, you know, there's this Kevin Stefanski using this self-scouting. But, look, the Browns were excellent last year when they came out of the bye. So I think this is kind of, hey, you know, we kind of picked on ourselves here. And, you know, look, that's out. This is in. We're not doing that anymore. We're only going this route. And I think when you have teams that are young, relatively like the Browns are, they understand the golden opportunity they were given. And you can kind of have this, you know what, six and six, the last 13 weeks, not a freaking matters. It doesn't. It does not matter. Can we be the best team in the AFC North over the next five games? And look, you know, does Baltimore scare the living daylights out of me? No. And I think Baltimore would say the same thing about Cleveland. They don't scare the living daylights out of you. We'd say the same thing about Cincinnati. We'd say the same thing about Pittsburgh. All of these teams are flawed. And Derek Jeter had a great quote back in the day about postseason. His thing about postseason was, it's not the best team that wins. It's the team that plays the best. And this is a five-game stretch. Who plays the best? Who's the healthiest? Who overcomes mental mistakes? Who can overcome turnovers or not give up the ball or create turnovers? And it's a five-game pressure cooker. It's it's basically the playoffs have begun already in the AFC North. Who's going to do what over these next five games to separate themselves from the rest? I think the Browns can pull this one off. Do I think the Browns have the sustainability to make a run here? I ain't going there yet because, you know, one step up, one step back, one step up, one step back. It's kind of been the mantra here. I think they can do enough Sunday to pull this one off. And and, and there is a part of me that is scared to the bejesus knowing the way Lamar has played these last few weeks because it almost feels like when you pull that pop off of a, you know, that pop off of a Pringles can that's got that snake that shoots out. Like there's one of those moments coming for Lamar really, really soon. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, uh, musical chairs. You don't want to get caught without the chair because he's going to get somebody here because there's a lot of pent up within him. Um, but I, I think the Browns can do enough here Sunday, and it's going to be crazy those following four weeks after. But, uh, you know, Kevin, go to you. You know, obviously it's tough here because the last couple of years, we've not really seen Baltimore have to deal with much adversity late in the season. And this is kind of maybe a new thing for them. Yes, the Browns and Baltimore, both were wildcard teams last year, but we're confidently almost at this point, like it was portraying they were going to be wildcard teams. So they had punched their tickets. And it's crazy to say there could possibly end up a way where there's only one AFC North getting that, you know, team getting that ticket. And it's obviously going to have to be to win a division. 
Yeah, this division's so wacky this year. It's, it's unbelievable how wacky it's been. But yeah, you know, you go back to 2019, that team wasn't really battle tested. This Ravens team, they went 14 and two. They won the 12 straight. They had the loss to Cleveland in week three and then Kansas City in week four. But, you know, they won those 12 straight games. So they're blowing teams out. I remember doing points. that. I remember doing right. that second crossover. Go, Wait a minute. You haven't lost since then? Uh, yeah, and, and they didn't lose until the playoffs. But yeah, that's it. They, they got to the playoffs. I think they were a bit shell shocked. This 2021 Ravens team is one of the more better tested teams in franchise history it feels like because of everything they've gone through with the injuries having to come back from close games before the season started when the schedule came out and even just you know consistently I've predicted the Ravens to lose this game and just because they lost to the Steelers doesn't mean I'm going to change that I think the Ravens do not pull this one out for a couple reasons you know obviously the loss of Marlon Humphrey is big for them but the fact that the Browns have had literally a month to prepare for this Ravens team for two games doesn't look pretty good in the first one Right, exactly. And, you know, that's not me saying, oh, the Browns are so lucky and they don't just know. I mean, it's just how it worked. You know, sometimes John Harbaugh said it. Sometimes the schedule goes in your favor. Other times it doesn't. And that's one of this is one of the times where I didn't go in the Ravens favor. And that's whatever. But I think that with the way the offense has struggled, you have Miles Garrett on the opposite side who showed really good stuff in the first game. This Browns team is hungry. Not that the Ravens aren't, but I just think the injuries this time around will be too much for the Ravens to overcome. This isn't me saying the Ravens season is over. This isn't me saying the Ravens are a bad football team. I just think the Browns get the better of them this game. And sometimes that happens with good divisional opponents, with good matchups. So I think it'll be a close game. It'll be a hard-fought game. And I can certainly see situations where the Ravens win it. But at this point, you know, I predicted it for the longest time. I still think with the injuries, they just don't have enough at this stage in the season to pull it out. But this team has done a crazier things, and they could easily do it. It's just a matter of for now. I, I don't really see it at this point. But, Jeff, that's all that we have here today on this crossover. Thank you so much for getting on the mic again with me in such a very short time. I'm expecting a good game in this one. It's always great talking with you. Uh, no, no question. Um, you know, these are always the, you know, these are now, you know, I mean, for Browns fans, this is what you want to be mentioned with the Ravens, you know, for the Ravens, you know, you don't want anybody mentioned with you, but you know, you understand maybe who's, you know, kind of, you know, you know, pecking at the ankles, you know, who's climbing up and Kevin, you know, it, it's been great because obviously it's been me and you here now for a couple of, you know, many years here entrenched. Um, I think we both kind of see this rivalry, you know, for what it is. And we see the fact that, you know, even though it appears lopsided as far as records are concerned, you know, sometimes it's not that lopsided. Um, and this is going to be something we're going to talk about for years to come. So it's always a pleasure to talk about this with you. Um, and even, you know, it, even if it doesn't work out for, you know, Baltimore on Sunday. So what you, you're banking on Lamar Jackson for the next four weeks. I gotta be honest and a bad thing to do for Ravens fans. So, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be too upset with that. And that might be the point of where it's, you know what, all bets are off. We're not holding anything back. Uh, you do whatever you need to do with the ball, son. Uh, go play like 2019 and, you know, hopefully get us, you know, extended into January. Uh, but a pleasure. Appreciate everybody being along for the ride here. Um, you know, crossover Thursday, you know, in the beginning of the Locked On shows, crossover episodes in the beginning were tough because we didn't always have hosts for every show. Um, we finally got to the point where we get, got them graduated to at least to cover it on Thursday where we had as much information as we possibly could give to you guys. And I know it's become a hit for a lot of you listeners. Um, and the reason it still exists like it does is because of you guys. Um, so, you know, appreciate everybody who makes us all your first listen day in, day out. Um, we just try to do the best we all can day in, day out, get the best coverage we can. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a blast doing these crossovers, getting the opponent's perspective. I mean, it's really important to understand just where this team is from somebody who knows. Except about those Bengals guys. They're getting <laughs> cocky. 
Uh, the Vegas, this AFC North every year it's a, every year it's a fight, and I'm I'm excited to see how this one ends. It's going to be really, I think, a good end to the season, but a wacky one as we kind of talked about throughout the show. But that's all we have for you here today on this episode. When we get back here tomorrow with our respective shows, we'll be diving into more coverage of both the Ravens and the Browns respectively. So stay tuned for that, and we will see you tomorrow.